0: when I was what I heard was evangelism was kind of the bridging the gap between the evil sinful people out in the world and the holy Christian people in church and you went out and just stopped people on the street and asked them if they died in that day if they would be going to heaven or not and if not we would try to convert them then and so that was my full understanding of evangelism up to that point.
1: I thought evangelists were Billy Graham or door knockers and that was not me and I mean if you put me on a spiritual gifts test I am not going to score high on evangelism but there's a part of my heart that is awake and alive to people that don't know who Jesus Christ is
2: I had a real strong desire for all the people that were friends and family of mine that were in the same boat that I was before but we just missed the whole grace concept and I wanted to be able to share that with people And I had a very strong passion for it, and my personality type was was such to confront them with it. And I found myself pushing them away.
3: We'd have to go knock on doors and talk to people. And and, uh, we had a certain uh, outline that we were supposed to follow, certain things we were supposed to say, questions we were supposed to ask, scriptures we were supposed to use. I can remember getting out of the car, walking up to the door, And I would literally be praying that nobody would be home because I didn't want to do that to them.
4: When I first put my trust in Christ, uh, one week later I had my first evangelism experience. Well, they paired me up with a lady, and she said, let's go. I mean, she commanded me. And I said, yes, ma'am, I'm going right with you. We walked to this apartment unit, and the first door she came to, she knocked on the door. Boom, boom, boom. All of a sudden, a guy opened the door, and she asked this guy, do you know Jesus? And the guy looked at this lady and, uh, with a look I've never seen before, and he slammed the door on her. And I just went berserk. like, what in the world was that? Well, she went to the next door, and she knocked on the next door. And she said, now it's your turn. And I looked at her. I said, this is evangelism.
0: I got in a small group with uh, a guy who became a very good friend of mine, and he just declared one Sunday that we were all going to go to the Becoming a Contagious Christian course. The course really helped me understand uh, that God has put me in circles with certain people, and those people in my circle for a very specific reason. When
3: I took the course, it it sort of broke down all those molds that I thought I had to fit into. Where I had only learned one style of evangelism, and it it didn't fit me real well. I got to see in the Bible that the Gospel is shared so many different ways by people, and that there was a style that was right for me.
2: After the course, I was able to better understand where people were at by asking them questions and figure out, you know, just where where their heart was, you know, what they thought about God, gave us a basis to begin with instead of hitting them over the head with the gospel.
1: And it's in simple things and simple places like the checkout line, you know, like sitting beside a, a parent at a ball game who's had a really bad week and You're really, you're not doing anything other than learning to look through a new lens that says, maybe I can just enter into conversations that are going to make a difference to people. Maybe I can just love people in a new way. And it's something everybody can do.
2: Pushing people to Christ never worked. But drawing them to Christ does work. And that's what I learned.
3: Because of the influence that this course had on my life, I wanted to teach it at my church. So uh, one of the early experiences that I had with it, a young woman came up to me on the course on one of the breaks, and she said, Nancy, I've never shared the gospel in my life. And my dad's dying. What did I do? I just and said, When you walk out that door this afternoon, you're going to know how to share the gospel with your dad. saw her a couple of months later in the foyer of the church, and, and I'd heard her daddy had died. And I asked her uh, how things went. She said, "Oh, Just two weeks after the course, she said, I had ten minutes alone with my dad, and I shared with him the gospel. And he prayed to receive Christ, and she said, he changed. And I said, well, so tell me about the funeral. How is it different? She said, it made all the difference in the world. And I said, why? She said, because I knew I'd see him in heaven again. And I thought, that's the power of just everyday Christians learning simple ways, natural ways to be who they are and share their faith with people.
0: I just believe now that just having authentic relationship and Asking questions and walking with somebody will slowly draw them towards God as God is alive in you. God just stirred up a new fire. He revived my heart uh, through this process. And even now, no
4: matter where I go, I see people differently. Through the course, individual
1: faces, individual hearts just start, you know, jumping out at you. And you're thinking, I want that person to know what I know.
5: Good morning. good morning. Welcome. We're glad that you're here this morning. It's good to be with you today in God's house. We welcome our guests, especially. You're very important to us and hope that you'll feel very, uh, very much a part of our family as we worship God together this morning. Let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets that are on each row. Uh, we would like to ask if you would to take those and to fill them out, uh, put your your name and your address and phone number and and your email address, especially your email address, if you want to receive our email newsletter that comes out each week. Uh, and check the appropriate box on there so we could have a record of your attendance with us this morning. Um, the, the video that you just, just saw uh, was by a number of people who have gone through the course, uh, Becoming a Contagious Christian. And we started that course here at Community Baptist on Uh, This past Wednesday, Uh, and we would like to invite you to come and be a part of it this Wednesday. Uh, We're going to be doing this every Wednesday for uh, for several weeks, for about six weeks, uh, six or seven weeks now. And uh, and I hope that you'll come and and be a part of that. I know that the very word evangelism strikes terror in a lot of people's lives. And, And as we talked about this, this Wednesday, one of the reasons that it's so frightening for some people is because. When people think about becoming evangelistic, they think in terms of having to become something that they don't want to be, uh, having to so- become something different from, from who they are. But as we saw this Wednesday, you don't have to do that. Uh, as Christians, we can, we can spread the word of God and we can be the witness for God in, the, in natural ways in the course of our natural lives. And that's something that that God that pleases God and is, is, uh, is useful for God. And so we'll be learning about this on Wednesday nights at 6.30 and hope that you'll come and, and be a part of that and share with us and learn with us as we go through this uh, course on becoming a contagious Christian. We will be having a light dinner on Wednesday at 5.45 and uh, hope you'll be, there, be here for that and have our children's activities and youth activities as well. Now, uh, some other announcements. Uh, next or next Sunday, that's, a, that's kind of a special day, isn't it? What, what day is next Sunday? Yes, it's Mother's Day. It's a day for us to uh, honor our moms. And uh, we're going to be having some special things in our worship service as a part of our, uh, honoring our moms. I think we're going to have a special... Uh, Musical uh, program from our children 's choirs, uh, but before all of that we 're going to be having breakfast here at nine o 'clock uh, in honor of moms and the men of the church will be providing that uh, that meal for all of the ladies of the church and uh, hope that you 'll be here for that uh, Sunday morning at nine o'clock uh, this afternoon we'll be having a our first upward uh, meeting. Uh, They did it to me again. I wish you'd tell me these things. <laughs> so, so there's no upward meeting. As I was saying, there's no upward meeting today. <laughs> Two weeks from there. Two weeks from today, and and the time will be five o'clock. Five, five o'clock. <laughs> uh, so, don't come today expecting an upward meeting. Uh. But we do have one other announcement. Sybil, I think you wanted to have a word here.
6: First of all, the trustees would like to thank all of you who came out or donated money a couple weeks ago for the cleanup Um, Friday afternoon. We got a lot of work done and. This church could not survive without the help from those of you in the church. So, thank you very much if you either came out and helped or donated money for supplies. Um, As you probably have either read in e news or through the worship paper, um, Frank Knight, who has graciously mowed our lawn for the last four years um, at no compensation, he doesn't even turn in gas receipts, you guys. He does this totally free. Uh, The lawnmower he's been using has decided to retire. In other words, it quit working. (laughs)
4: Um,
6: And we are in need of a lawnmower. Um, As you notice, the lawn has still been taken care of. Uh, Frank has been taking apart the deck on his 54-inch lawnmower at home bringing it to the church because the trailer's not big enough to hold it, and putting the 54-inch deck back on the tra- on the lawnmower and mowing the grass. And as you noticed, our lawn has looked great, even though we've had no lawnmower. Um, this is how it's happening. Thank you so much, Frank, for all you do. Um, but we need to buy a lawnmower. Um, so I am here making a plea. If you will, please pray. And if God... Puts it upon your heart, if you can afford ten dollars, twenty dollars, whatever, to go go towards purchasing a lawnmower. Um, I think we probably need about fifteen hundred to two thousand to buy one with a big enough deck. It doesn't need to be a zero turn, but we do need a big deck because it takes several hours to mow uh, this couple acres of ground that we've got here. So, if you um, see that fit that you want to donate some money, you can give it to me, get in touch with me on your donation envelope or whatever you can put, Frank or lawnmower. That money will go towards um, purchasing a lawnmower so Frank doesn't have to keep taking the deck off of his to bring it over here and put it back together again. Thank you.
5: Thank you, Sybil. Just as in our family lives, our church is the same. We have these unexpected expenses that come up from time to time, and we are very grateful, Frank, for all that you have done in the, over the years. And and, uh, and and I hope we will come through and uh, be able to purchase this lawnmower very quickly, very quickly. Thank you so much. Let's stand and greet each other in the name of the Lord, and just share a time of fellowship with one another.
4: Sorry about that. You, <laughs> always, you always get the announcements before I get to talk to you. That's all right.
5: No problem. Hey, Gail. How are you doing?
4: The other I'm I
5: told her this morning. I hadn't seen him. Everybody did. And last week, she did text me, and I got it when I got home. I told <laughs> her to well, my text. Well, my phone was upstairs charging, and I was downstairs in my office, oh. and, so, you know, and I didn't check it until. Yeah, this morning. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> but I don't know. That might be the Sunday for meeting. So we we'll need to we'll check. Because right, we'll we can always change our time. Change yeah. Yeah, we'll okay. Change. We'll
5: check it. Boy. Are you the choir, Jim? Are you the choir? I'm dealing. I something.
4: that leave you? <laughs>
5: Thank you so much. It's great to share this time of fellowship with one another. As you are taking your seats, as you're taking your seats, we invite our children to come on down front. Children, come on down. Miss Mary will be here for our uh, children's moment. Right over here. Come on down, children.
7: Gracie's standing because she knows that I asked her if she would help me. Right, Miss Gracie? Okay. A couple things I need to talk to you about. Can you help me? Can you sit up? Because I want you to read something. Look what Dr. Tim's talking about today. Huh? Look, you can read this. Tell everybody what Dr. Tim's going to talk about. Read this line right here. Is? Is your head in the clouds? Hmm, that's what he's going to talk about. Well, you know what? This is what I want to remind you guys. I do want your head in the clouds. You know where? Look at this. Can you hold that, Gracie? At Bible school. This is our Bible school theme this year. And when is Bible school? June 4th through 7th. And, you know, we, um, our church, Community Baptist Church, we go in with St. Paul's Church, first christian church and the presbyterian church so all four of our churches get together that way we can have a great big bible school and you know last year it was here this year it's at where episcopal yeah that's a hard word isn't it and that's where it's going to be but look we're going to have our head in the clouds it says things are looking up at vbs sky everything is possible with god Yeah, last year it was called Pandamania. All right, so when we go back to do our children's church, um, hang on right there, Gracie, I need you again. When we go back, I'm going to give you a registration form, and you can also take some to all your friends. But guys, why do you think we have Bible school? Because? Right, and you know what? The best thing about Bible school is because we have more time, and it's just not to learn about God's love You get to taste it through the treats. You get to feel it through the crafts we do. And you also get to put it in action. You can find out about God's God's love when we visit all the stations, okay? Now, one more thing I want you to show, Gracie. And then we're going to talk about something else. This is going to be a big one. You think you're going to need help? Okay. Mary, you want to help? Put that right up there. Jerry, you can stand up here and help, too. Look at that beautiful poster for Bible school. Okay, and you know what that poster means? Listen to this. Can you listen to this while I'm reading it? God loves us so much that he gave his son Jesus to die on the cross for us. Jesus died and came back to life again so we could be forgiven for all the wrong things we do. If we ask him, Jesus will come into our lives. Let me read that again, okay? If we ask him, Jesus will come into our lives. He will always be with us and help us make the right choices. What will he help us do? Make the right choices. If we believe in Jesus and ask him to forgive us, someday we'll live with him forever in heaven. Okay? Now have a seat. I want to tell you one more thing. Please, and thank you for your help. I'm going to leave this right here. You know another neat thing about coming to our church Can you have a seat on your bottoms, please? Thank you. Another thing about coming to our church is we get to have a nice big church family. Now, how many people are in your family, Jerry? Let me help you. Mom, Jerry, I mean, excuse me, Mom Royce, Dad Jerry, Sister Kaylee, right? Okay, and then you've got some other people Amy. Amy, right? Okay. And in in our home, I have Kelsey, Jake, and John, and our cat. But look out here. You know what? When you belong to a church like this, we're all a big church family. And let me show you what that means. Do you ever ask your mom to cook something for you? Do you? Okay. Well, you know what? I can almost ask anybody out here to do something for me, and they'll do it. And this is what I mean. You know, where I worked at Christian Outreach, we had to do a bunch of cleaning. Look at these pictures. Can anybody recognize who that is? That's not me. That's Dr. Tim.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, that's Dr.
7: Tim and Larry. And look what they're doing. Vacuuming. They're painting, they're vacuuming. Boy, I asked some of my church people to come down there and help me, and they did. Look at this. Who's this? That's Roger and Alice Culver. And look, Bob Crafton back there. He acts like he's a supervisor. He wasn't doing anything. But Roger and Alice, boy, they had gloves on. They were scrubbing. Look at this one. Who's this? Do you all know who that is? Where is Pam here today? No, that's not Pam. That's Jerry Wagner. You look at her. She is scrubbing that bathroom down there at Christian Outreach, and she's having a hissy fit because of our sink down there. You know what she did? She went and bought us a new sink for Christian Outreach, and that Roger Culver put it in. Yeah, and let me see. I had one more here. Who's this? Don't you say Pam because that's a man. That's Matthew North. Looky there. He's painting. But you know what he did? As a good member of our church family, he saw that our fire extinguisher wasn't working down there. You know what he did? He replaced it, yeah. And when you're in a church family, that's what happens. Now, some new friends, Felicia and Daniel right here, I told Felicia that I had some openings for children's moments, and she said, "Well, I'll do one. Look at all these people right here on this list. They come up here and do children's moments moments. And Felicia said she would do one, so I'm going to have to talk about getting her name in there. How cool is that? Uh, Phyllis McElwain? Yeah, she's on there. You guys, that is all of our church family. I want you to look out there. As you're growing up, and if you're in our church family, and if you have a problem, you can come to anybody in our church and ask them to help and pray with you. Is that not cool? Let's say a prayer, and we'll go back to Children's Church and let Dr. Tim talk about having your head in the clouds. Does anybody want to pray about anything special? Your mom. Oh well, I'm, I, I won't. We'll pray for that back there. Okay. All right, dear gracious, loving Father, are you in praying? Are you ready to pray, Gracie? That, can you sit up for me? We're gonna say a little prayer and then we're gonna go back to children's church. Thank you, ma'am. Here. Dear gracious, loving Father, we come to you this morning with our beautiful children of our church. God, we know you're already here with us at Community Baptist Church. God, we thank you for everything we have and everything we learn about you. God, we know everything we have is because of you, and we're so very grateful. Please be with us as we go to Children's Church. Take care of our children. Take care of our church family. In your name we pray. Amen. You guys did a great job helping. Thank you.
5: Please join me in our responsive reading for today. Printed in your worship folder and on the screen. We are gathered for worship. In In a world of many gods, we need an encounter with the one true God. God, we gather for worship today.
8: reading for today will be Acts 1, 1 1-11. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what we have heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, "'Lord, is this the time when you have restored the kingdom to Israel?' He replied, "'It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority.' This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven.
0: Will you pray with me?
1: Heavenly Father, we are truly blessed people. We're a blessed church and a blessed community. Thank you for all the gifts and blessings that you provide for us. Accept these gifts that we give back today. Use them to build your kingdom here in Henderson or around the world. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
9: Be. As long as we have faith to believe. Because what if your blessings,
4: blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing, healing comes through tears? And what if a thousand sleepless nights to what it takes to know you're near? And what if trials of this life are your
9: mercy? You
4: What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are if
5: Thank you, Mark. And Summer. Uh, a well-titled piece because it was indeed a blessing to all of us. So thank you for sharing that blessing with us today. Several years ago, an evangelist in Salisbury, England, named John Holm, got himself in a little trouble with the law. It seems that Holm decided that he wanted to try to attract the attention of his neighborhood in a very dramatic way. Fashion. He went up in a motorized parasail, and his purpose was to preach the gospel to the sinners on the ground from up above the rooftops. Holmes said that I thought that if they heard a voice coming from heaven, they might think it was God. But unfortunately, Holmes lost control of his parasail and crashed close to some homes. Thankfully no one was injured, but he was fined an equivalent of 1700 US dollars for creating a dangerous situation. It was a crazy idea, of course, but for a few moments at least, he had the people looking up, looking up. Now the first chapter of Acts gives us some of the details that Jesus, of the things that Jesus did after his resurrection and before his ascension. Before he went to be with God, with the Father. Over a period of about 40 days, he presented himself to his disciples on several occasions and spoke with them about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, he said, but wait for the gift that my father has promised. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the periods or the dates, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Then after that, he said to them, after he had said this to them, He was taken up right before their eyes until a cloud hid them from their sight. The Bible tells us that as they were standing there looking intently up into the sky, suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them and said, Men of Galilee, why are you standing here looking up into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way that you have seen him go up. Now, this is an extraordinary passage of Scripture. You see, this is the final episode of Jesus's earthly ministry. Some things have have changed dramatically over the past couple of months in his ministry. He was rejected by his own people. He has suffered the, uh, the brutality of being scourged and crucified, put to death, an unjust death. At the hands of the Romans. And in the most dramatic event in history, God has brought him back from the dead. And since then, he has been appearing to all of his disciples to strengthen them in their faith. And to provide proof to them that he really was still alive. So a lot of things have changed during this period of time. But some things have not changed at all. For you see, the risen Christ is still talking about the kingdom of God, just as he did before he was crucified. And the disciples are still not getting it. They're still not getting what the kingdom of God is all about. They still have it in their minds that it has something to do with overthrowing the Roman government. But what Jesus is is really talking about is transforming the world. They wanted to see the kingdom of Israel return to its former glory. But what he wants is for the kingdoms of the world to become the kingdom of God, where God will reign in every heart. So even at this point in time, they still have no clue as to what Jesus means when he talks about the kingdom of God. But then Jesus tells them what he expects from them. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he says. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Well, they hear the words, but they still don't really understand what they mean. Receive power? Holy Spirit? Witness? ends of the earth what's he talking about this is all just too big for their small brains to to comprehend only the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost would 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 make it possible for them to understand the amazing adventure and the staggering responsibility that they were being called to but then after Jesus said all this something really spectacular happened You see, he was taken up right before their very eyes. He was taken up into the sky. And they stood there watching him until a cloud hid them from their sight. And even after that, they still stood there watching, hoping to get another glimpse. And as they were... They were looking intently up into the sky. Two men dressed in white suddenly stood beside, beside them and said, Men of Galilee, why are you standing here looking up into the sky? Well, what do you think? Why were they looking up into the sky? Well, I think we can we could venture a couple of educated guesses. First of all, I would imagine that they were staring up into the sky in utter amazement at what they had just experienced. I mean, think about it. Think about all that they had experienced in the, in the past few weeks. They had never known anyone besides Lazarus who was dead and then he was not dead. They had never experienced a resurrected body being taken up into the sky by God. So so they were staring up in the sky because they were amazed. And they were also staring because they were bewildered by what all this meant. Surely something like this means something. But I'm not exactly sure what. What did it mean? What did he mean when he said that the, the Holy Spirit will come upon us? What does he mean when he says that we are to be witnesses to the ends of the earth? And where is he going anyway? <laughs> so they, there they are. They're standing there gazing up into the sky, probably with their mouths wide open. And, and folks, if you and I had been there, we would, we would have been doing the same thing. We would have been standing there looking up at the sky right along with them. Because you see, the ascension of Christ is still a mystery to us even today on many levels. But I want to begin right here with the kingdom of God. That ought to be easy enough. I mean, after all, the kingdom of God was the centerpiece of Jesus' teachings. But the disciples still didn't understand what Jesus meant when he talked about the kingdom of God. But that begs the question, do we? Do we really understand what Jesus meant when he said that the kingdom of God is in your midst? Do we really understand what Jesus meant when he said that the kingdom of God is is like a mustard seed? It starts out small, but it ends up large enough for all of the birds to make their home there. Well, on a very elementary level, the kingdom of God simply means the rule of God in every heart. And our faith teaches us that that someday God will rule in every heart. Every bird will make their, their nest in the kingdom. Every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But what does all that mean? Well, let's begin with the church. What would it mean if God really and truly ruled in the heart of every person in the church? What kind of people would we be? You know, as a, as a pastor, it, it troubles me that so many people join churches all across this nation as if they are joining a, a social club or something like that. It's good for the kids, they say. It's a good place to make friends, and it is, and it is good for the kids, and it is a good place to make friends. It might even be good for business. (laughs) And I don't mean to sound judgmental, but folks, some people will join a church and they will have no intention whatsoever of letting God rule in their hearts. And they're going to be just as selfish and just as intolerant and just as critical and just as unloving as they have always been. They're still going to be members of the church. For you see, for them, the church is just another community organization. But folks, I've got news for you: it's not, or at least it shouldn't be. It is the place where the kingdom of God should be evident. There was a Doonesbury cartoon some years ago that showed the minister of the little church of Walden. There it is up there. I hope you can read it. Uh, He was meeting a couple of prospective members and he asked them, so what would you like to know about the little church of Walden, folks? Don't hold back. I know how difficult it can be to choose a church. So the husband begins, well, what's the basic approach here, Reverend? Is it traditional gospel? The minister replies, in a way, I like to describe it as, as a 12-step Christianity. Basically, I believe that we're all recovering sinners. And my ministry is about overcoming denial. It's about recommitment, about redemption. And all of our, it's all there in our brochure. Wait a minute, the wife interrupts. Sinners? Redemption? Doesn't that imply guilt? And so the minister replies, well, yes, I do rely on the occasional disincentive to keep the flock from going astray. Guilt's a part of that. <laughs> I don't know, says the husband. There's so much negativity in the world as it is. And then the wife said, that's right. We're, we're looking for a church that's supportive. We're looking for a place where we can feel good about ourselves. And, and I'm not so sure this is going to work for us. And then looking down at the brochure, the man reflects, on the other hand, you do offer racquetball. (laughs) And so his wife turns to him and whispers, so do the Unitarians, honey. Let's shop around some more. Folks, that hits a little bit too close to home. And don't get me wrong, because some of the finest Christians I know are right here in this church. People here take Christianity seriously. But the truth of the matter is that it is all too easy to join a church without ever really making a commitment to living as Christ would have us to live. And so the disciples were standing there looking into the skies because they didn't have a clue as to what the kingdom of God was all about. Even though Jesus had spent the better part of three years explaining it to them and modeling it for them, they still didn't understand what the kingdom was about. But they were also gazing into the sky because they had no idea where Christ had gone. Where's he going? This is a very this story is very unsettling. After he said this, the he was taken up before their eyes and, and a cloud hid them from their sight. And we call it the the ascension. That's what the, the text implies that Christ was was actually taken up into the sky until they could no longer see him because he was hidden by a cloud. Where'd he go? Does this mean that heaven is a a physical place somewhere just beyond the clouds? Or is it just a poetic way of saying that Christ went up to be with the Father? We don't know. But the point is that This was the end of Jesus' earthly ministry. He could no longer be there in the flesh to teach His disciples and to heal broken spirits. Soon He would return in in the power of the Holy Spirit and He would be with them again, but not in a physical way, in a spiritual way. As St. Augustine so beautifully put it, You ascended from before our eyes and we turned back grieving only to find you in our hearts. In other words, if you want to find Jesus, don't just stand there looking into the sky. Instead, look into your heart. Because that's the principal dwelling place of Christ. My friends, if we look for Him within our own hearts and minds, and if, if we conform our lives to His will and His purpose, then we will have everything that we need to live a purposeful and meaningful life. We'll have it all. There's a story about a man who used to collect small pieces of wire. He would put them in a milk bottle. He did it for years. Every little piece of wire he came in contact with, he'd take it and stuff it in this milk bottle. He did it for many, many years until the bottle was finally filled to capacity. All of these small pieces of wire were closely and tightly compacted together inside that milk bottle. But then one day the man dropped the bottle and it broke. But something interesting happened. You see, all those tiny pieces of wire maintained the shape of the bottle. Over time, all of these pieces of wire had been permanently affected by their environment. And in the same way, when we have the presence of the resurrected Christ truly living within us, we're going to be shaped into the person that Jesus wants us to be. And no longer will we be just standing there looking up into the sky. Wondering who we are and what in the world we're supposed to be doing. Because folks, if we are filled with God's Holy Spirit, then God truly reigns within our hearts. And the kingdom of God truly resides within us. And through the indwelling of God's Holy Spirit, Christ will give our lives the shape and the form that we need. To be witnesses for God's kingdom. Then one last reason that the disciples may have been looking up into the sky. Was that they may have been wondering when Christ would return. And you know there, there are still a lot of Christians. Who I believe spend way too much time looking into the sky. Waiting. Watching for the return of Jesus. And Jesus does tell us to wait for the return of Christ. But He doesn't tell us to stand around looking at the skies to do it. He wants us to be busy while we're waiting. Too many people are waiting and watching for the return of Jesus. Even though He clearly instructed us not to spend our time looking up and and waiting for His return. But rather to, to be looking out at the needs of the people around us. Jesus said to them and to us, it is not for you to know the times or the dates that the Father has set. Instead, we are to be Christ's witnesses here and now. Witnessing by how we live. Witnessing through our acts of service. Witnessing through the words we speak witnessing in such a way that others can see what it means to have the kingdom of God rule within our lives. My friends, Jesus is within us. But our neighbor is in front of us. And so the question is, why are we just standing around looking up? Let's get out there and do the work that Christ has asked us to do. Amen. We're going to sing number 568, Lord, speak to me that I may speak. A good sentiment, I believe. And one that I hope that we will all buy into in our lives But this is an opportunity for you to respond to the work of God's Holy Spirit in your life. Maybe God is calling you to make the commitment to this wondrous Christ who died and was resurrected, who ascended, and who told us that we are to be witnesses here and all across the world. If you've never made a commitment to this Christ, I hope you'll do it today. Maybe you're looking for a church home. We invite you to come and unite with our church as we try to be a presence of Christ in our community. That's what our, our, our motto is. Our mission statement is being the presence of Christ and serving a world in need. If you want to be a part of that kind of mission, we invite you to unite with our church. Or maybe you're struggling through some some times in your life that you would need some you need some help you with know, you need some prayer. Then come forward. I'd be glad to pray with you today. If God's dealing in your heart in any way today, and we invite you to come as we sing, Lord speak to me, so that I may speak. Number five sixty eight. Would you come? Please be seated for just a moment. I'd like to introduce to you some of you, many of you have already met, uh, this wonderful couple. This is Daniel and Felicia and, uh, they have come to unite with our church today. Uh, Daniel, uh, actually spoke at one of our Wednesday services about three, or four weeks ago and did a wonderful job. And they, they have come, they, they have said that they've been looking for a church for about a year now and they've come here and, as, as Mary was talking during the children's sermon, they found family here. They found this to be the family of God that they want to be a part of. And we are so grateful for that. And we, are, we celebrate with that, that with you. And, and that's the way it is in church, in this church. We are family and we are all ministers together uh, because we minister to one another. We minister uh, to the world around us. And, and you are a minister as well, both of you. And so we look forward to the ministries that we share with one another, ours to you and you, yours to ours, and, and as we collaborate together to minister in this world. So we look forward to that, Daniel and Felicia. Uh, would you please join me in welcoming them into our fellowship by raising your hand and saying amen. 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 We are so glad that you are here and, and a part of us, and we welcome you into our fellowship today. I know you'll want to speak with them uh, after the service, and I'll just ask them, if you would, to follow me down here to the, to the uh, door, and you can come through and greet them as, as you leave in just a moment. It's a great day to be in God's house and to be with God's people. But now it's time for us to leave. But we leave with marching orders, don't we? We leave with marching orders. and So let's stand for our benediction. May we go forth from here in the power of the Ascended Christ who said, go and make disciples of all nations. May we go with the presence of the Ascended Christ who said, I am with you always. May we go with the purpose of the Ascended Christ who assures us that He will confirm the message in in the lives of all who hear. And may we go in the love of God's Spirit who goes with us that we may be witnesses to the rule of God in our lives. Amen.